hello friends very good morning now we'll get second part from rbi days as i talked to people around the country i discovered that as inflation came down and banks lowered deposit rates savers were unhappy even though inflation had fallen much more than the rates on deposits earlier they argued they got paid 10% on their fixed deposits at banks now they got 8% was it fair i had to explain that it was indeed because inflation had come down faster so the real returns in terms of goods and services they could purchase on their savings were now higher to illustrate the point i gave way to my uh, inner teacher in the cd deshmukh lecture delivered at the ncaer in january 2016 the press soon termed this dosanomics though it was really just an example so dosanomics industrialists grumble about high rates while retirees complain about the low rates they get today on deposits both overstate their uh, case though as i said repeatedly the way to resolve their differences is to bring cpi inflation steadily down the typical letter i get from the retiree goes I used to get 10% earlier on a one year fixed deposit now I barely get 8% please tell banks to pay me more else I won't be able to make ends meet the truth is that the retiree is getting more today but he does not uh, realize it because uh, he is uh, focusing only on the nominal interest he gets and not on the underlying inflation which has come down even more sharply from about 10% to 5.5%. To see this, let us indulge in dosa economics. Say the pensioner wants to buy dosas and at the beginning of the period they cost rupees of 50 uh, per dosa. Let us say he has a savings of 1 lakh. He could buy 2000 dosas with the money today, but he wants more by investing. At 10% interest, he gets rupees 10,000 after one year plus uh, his principal. With the dosas having gone up by 10% in price to rupees 55, he can buy one uh, 182 dosas, uh, approximately with the rupees 10,000 interest. Now, what happens when inflation comes down? At 8% interest, he gets rupees 8,000 in interest. With the dosas having gone up by 5.5% in price, each dosa costs rupees 52.75. So he can now buy only 152 dosas approximately with the interest payment. So the pensioner seems right to complain. With lower interest payments, he can now buy less. But wait a minute. Remember he gets his principal back also and that too has to be adjusted for inflation. In the high inflation period, it was worth 1,818 dosas in the low inflation period, in worth, in worth of 1,896 dosas. So in the high inflation period, principal plus interest are worth 2,000 dosas together, while in the low inflation period, it is worth 2,048 dosas. He is about 2.5% better of saving in the low inflation period in terms of dosas this is a long-winded way of saying that inflation is the silent killer because it eats into pensioners principle even while they are deluded by high nominal 
interest rates into thinking they are getting an adequate return ended with 10% return and 10% inflation the deposit is not giving you any real return net of inflation which is why you can buy only 2000 dosas after a year of saving the same as you could buy immediately today in contrast when inflation is 5.5% <coughs> sorry but the interest rate you are getting is a 8% you are earning a real rate of 2.5% which means 2.5% more dosas we uh, as we have seen so while i empathize with the pensioners they certainly are better off today than in the past third cpi inflation was 4.39 percent in september 2016 when i ended my term down from 10.5 percent in september 2013 in the beginning of my term we were well on our way to meeting the third signpost on our glide path 5% inflation by March 2017 which was indeed achieved by my successor as I ended my tenure I thought it was very important to communicate once again the reasons why we fought inflation and why the battle could never be fully over and why the fight needed to continue I wanted to explain why the fight was important for sustainable growth and why we had institutionalized the fight through a monetary policy framework agreed with the government and an independent monetary policy committee committee appointed largely by the government this is was in a speech delivered at the tata institute of uh, fundamental research that is tifr on 20th june 2016 <coughs> sorry the fight against inflation a major of our institutional development in my speech today, I thought I would describe our efforts to build a different kind of institution, not one that delves into the deepest realms of uh, outer space or into the uh, tiniest const constituents of an atom, uh, atom but uh, one that uh, attempts to control something that affects your daily life inflation. There are parallels between the institution building you have done at TIFR and what we are setting up to control inflation though clearly our efforts are much less tied to investigating the very fabric of the universe and more towards influencing human behavior ultimately both require a fundamental change in mindset uh, in mindset the cost of inflation high inflation has been with us in india for the last four decades more recently we have experienced an average of more than more than nine percent inflation between 2006 and 2013 what are the costs of having high inflation clearly everyone understands the cost of hyperinflation when prices are rising every minute money is then a hot potato that uh, no one wants to hold with the uh, people rushing straight from the bank to the shops to buy goods in case their money loses value along the way as people lose faith in money barter of goods for goods or services becomes the norm making transacting significantly more difficult for for instance how much of a physics lecture would you have to pay a taxi driver uh, to drive you to bandra moreover would the taxi driver accept a physics lecture in payment perhaps you would have to lecture a students and get the student to sign to the taxi driver you get the point transacting becomes uh, difficult as hyperinflation renders money worthless 
Hyperinflation also has a redistributive effect, destroying the middle class uh, savings held in bonds and deposits. The horrors of uh, hyperinflation in Austria and Germany in the 2020 still make scary reading. So clearly no one wants hyperinflation, but what if inflation were only 15% per year? Haven't countries grown fast over a period of time despite high inflation? The answer is yes, but uh, perhaps they could have grown faster with low inflation. After all, the variability of inflation increases with its level, as does the dispersion of prices from their fundamental value in the economy. This makes price signals more confusing. Is the price of my uh, widget going up because of high in demand or because of high generalized inflation? In the former case, I can sell more if I produce more. In the later case, I will be left with un unsold inventory. Production and investment therefore become more risky. Moreover, high and variable inflation causes lenders to demand a high, higher fixed interest rate to compensate for the risk that inflation will move around, the so-called inflation risk premium. Thus, raising the cost of finance, the long-term nominal and uh, real interest rates savers require rise. But uh, sorry, thus uh, making some long-duration projects prohibitively costly. These effects kick in only one inflation is noticeably high. So it is legitimate to ask: At what threshold level of inflation does it start hurting growth? Unfortunately, this question is hard to answer. Developing countries typically have higher inflation and developing countries also have higher growth. So one might well find a positive cor correlation between inflation and growth, though this does not mean more inflation causes more growth. For this reason, the literature on estimating threshold effects beyond which uh, inflation hurts growth is both vast as well as inconclusive. Most studies find that double-digit inflation is harmful for growth but are fuzzier about where in the single digits the precise threshold lies. The inflation target. Nevertheless, given the limited evidence, why do most countries set their inflation target in the low single digits 2 to 5 percent rather than 7 to 10 percent? Three reasons come to mind. First, even if inflation is at a moderate level that does not hurt overall growth, the consequences of inflation are not evenly distributed. While, <coughs> sorry, while higher inflation might help a rich, highly indebted industrialist because uh, his debt, debt comes down relative to sales revenues. It hurts the poor uh, daily wage worker whose wage is not indexed to inflation. Second, high inflation is more variable. This uh, raises the chance of uh, breaching any given range around the target if it is uh, set at a higher level. To the extent that a higher target is closer to the threshold where the consequences on growth are adverse, this makes it more likely the country will exceed the threshold and experience lower growth. Third, inflation could feed on itself at uh, higher levels. The higher the target, the more chances of entering regions where inflation spirals upwards. <coughs>
the received wisdom in monetary economics today is therefore that uh, central bank services the economy and the cause of growth best by keeping inflation low and stable around the target it is given by the government this contrast with the earlier prevailing view in economics that by pumping up demand through dramatic interest rate cuts the central bank could generate sustained growth albeit with some inflation that we proved hopelessly optimistic about the powers of the central bank put differently when people say inflation is low you can now turn to stimulating growth they really do not understand that these are two sides of the same coin the rbi always sets the policy rate as low as it can consistent with meeting its inflation objective indeed the fact that inflation is fairly close to the upper bound of our target zone today suggest uh, we have not been overly hawkish and were wise to disregard advice in the past to cut more deeply if a critic believes interest rates are excessively high he either has to argue the government said inflation target should be higher than it is today or that the rbi is excessively pessimistic about the path of future inflation he cannot have it both ways want lower inflation as well as lower policy rates <coughs> sorry at the same time the rbi does not focus on inflation to the exclusion of growth if inflation rises sharply for instance because of a sharp rise in the price of oil it would not be sensible for a central bank to bring inflation within its target band immediately by raising interest rates so high as to kill all economic activity instead it makes sense to bring inflation back under control over the medium term that is the next two years or so by raising rates steadily to the point where the bank thinks it would be enough to bring inflation back within the target rate let me emphasize that this is not a prediction of either the path of oil prices or a forecast of our monetary actions lest i read in the paper tomorrow rbi to raise rates more generally the extended glide path over which we are bringing inflation in check appropriately balances inflation and the need for reasonable growth arguments against what we are doing there are many who believe we are totally misguided in our actions let me focus on uh, four criticisms first we focus on the wrong index of inflation second we have killed private uh, investment by keeping rates too high somewhat uh, contradictorily we are also hurting the pensioners uh, by by cutting rates too sharply third monetary policy has no effects on inflation when the economy is supply constrained so we should abandon our attempt to control it fourth the central bank has little control over inflation when government spending uh, dominates what in the jargon is called fiscal dominance the wrong index historically the rbi targeted a variety of index Uh, indicators putting a lot of weight on the wholesale price index that is wpi theoretically reliance on um, wpi has two problems first what the common citizen experiences is a retail re, is a retail inflation that is consumer price inflation 
Since monetary policy works by containing the public's inflation expectations and thus uh, wage demands, consumer price in inflation is what matters. Second, WPI contains a lot of traded manufactured goods and commodity inputs in the basket whose price is determined internationally. A wholesale price inflation could uh, could result from low international inflation while domestic components of inflation such as education and healthcare services as well as retail margins and non-traded food are inflatingly merrily to push up CPI. By focusing on wholesale price inflation, we could be deluded into thinking we control inflation even though it seems, uh, sorry, even though it stems largely from the actions of central banks elsewhere. In doing so, we neglect consumer price inflation, which is uh, uh, which is uh, what matters to our common man and is more the consequence of domestic monetary policy. The effective real interest rate, investments, and savings. <coughs> of course, one reason critics may advocate a focus on wholesale price index is because it is low today and this would mean low policy rates. This is short-sighted reasoning for when commodity prices and global inflation picks up, wholesale price index could well ex exceed uh, consumer price index authors note this is in fact was the case at the time this book was put together there is however a more subtle argument the real interest rate is the difference between the interest rate a borrower pays and inflation is it is the true cost of borrowing in terms of goods like widgets widgets uh, uh, or dosas if policy interest rates are set to control cpi they they, they may be too high for manufacturers who see their product prices appreciating only at the wholesale price index rate. I am sympathetic to the argument, but I also think the concern is overblown. Even if manufacturers do not have much pricing power because of global competition, their commodity suppliers have even less. So, a metal producer benefits from the fall in coal and ore prices. Even though they may not get as high a realization on metal sales as in the past, the true measure of inflation for them is the inflation in their profits, which is likely significantly greater than suggested by wholesale price index. A second error that is made is to attribute all components of the interest rates uh, sorry, all, all components of the interest rate paid by the borrower to monetary policy. For heavily indebted borrowers, however, a large component of the interest, interest rate they pay is the credit risk premium banks charge for the risk that they may not get, they may not, uh, they may not get rapid. This credit risk premium is largely independent of where the RBI sets its policy rate. So when someone berates us because heavily indebted industrialists to borrow at 14% interest with wholesale price index at 0.5%, they make 
two important errors in saying the real interest rate is 13.5 percent first 7.5 percent is the credit spread banks charge for the risk of default and would not be significantly lower if we cut the policy rate at 6.5 percent today by another 100 basis points Second, the inflation that matters to the industrialist is not the 0.5% at which their output prices are inflating but the 4% at which their profits are inflating because costs are falling at 5% annually. The real risk-free interest rate they experience is 2.5%, a little higher than elsewhere in the world but not the most significant factor standing in the way of investment. It would be far more effective for borrowers to bring down their rates by improving their repayment behavior and thus bringing down the credit risk premium than to try and push the RBI to lower rates in unduly. The policy rate in effect plays a balancing the bal uh, balancing act as important as the real borrowing rates are uh, for for uh, for the manufacturers real deposit rates are for the saver in the last decade savers have experienced negative real rates or extended periods as the cpi has exceeded deposit interest rates this means that whatever interest they get has been more than wiped out by the erosion in their principal's purchasing power due to inflation savers intuitive uh, intuitively understand this and had been shifting to investing in real assets like gold and real estate and away from financial assets like deposits this means that india needed to borrow from abroad to fund investment it led to a growing unsustainable current account deficit in recent years as we fought against inflation we cut the policy rate only when we thought depositors could expect a reasonable positive real return on their financial savings this has helped increase household financial savings relative to their savings in real assets and helped bring down the current account deficit at the same time i do get a lot of heart ending uh, sorry a lot of heart rending letters from pensioners complaining about the cut in deposit rates the truth is they are better off now than in the past as i tried to explain in a previous uh, lecture but uh, But I can understand why they are upset when they see their interest income diminishing. The bottom line is that in controlling inflation, monetary policy makers effectively end up balancing the interest of uh, both investors and savers over the business cycle. At one of my talks, an industrialist clamored for a 4% rate on his uh, borrowing. When I asked him if he would deposit at that rate in a safe bank, leave alone invest in one of uh, his risky friends he said no nevertheless he insisted on our cutting rate significantly unfortunately policymakers do not have the luxury of inconsistency supply constraints food inflation has uh, contributed significantly to cpi inflation but uh, so has inflation in services like education and healthcare. Some argue rightly that it is hard for the RBI to directly control food demand through monetary policy. Then they proceed incorrectly to say we should not bother about controlling CPI inflation. 
the reality is that while it is hard for us to control food demand especially of essential foods and only the government can influence food supply through effective management we can control demand for other more uh, discretionary items in the <coughs> sorry <coughs> items in the consumption basket through tighter monetary policy to prevent sustained food inflation from becoming generalized inflation through higher wage increases we have to reduce inflation in other items indeed overall headline inflation may have stayed below 6% recently even in periods of high food inflation precisely because other components of the cpi basket such as clothing and uh, footwear are inflating more slowly <coughs> fiscal dominance finally one reason the rbi has historically reluctant to lock itself into an inflation focused framework is because it feared government or spending would uh, make its task impossible the possibility of fiscal dominance however only means that given the inflation objective set by the government both the government and the rbi have a role to play if the government overspends the central bank has to compensate with the tighter policy to achieve the inflation objective so long as this is commonly understood and inflation focused framework means better coordination between the government and the central bank as they go towards the common goal of macro stability i certainly believe that the responsible recent budget did create a room for the rbi to ease in april <coughs> pragmatic inflation focus as you will understand from all that i have been saying monetary policy under an inflation focused framework tries to balance uh, various interests as we bring inflation under control in doing so we have to have a pragmatic uh, rather than uh, doctrinaire uh, mindset for example emerging markets can can experience significant capital inflows that can affect exchange rate volatility as well as financial stability a doctrinaire mindset would adopt a hands off approach while the pragmatic mindset would permit intervention to reduce volatility and instability nevertheless the pragmatic mind would also recognize that the best way to obtain exchange rate stability uh, is is to bring inflation down to a real Uh, sorry to a level com, uh, commensurate with global inflation similarly while financial stability considerations are not explicitly in the rbi's objectives they make their way in because the rbi has to keep growth in mind while controlling inflation so if the rbi's monetary policies are contributing to a credit or asset price uh, bubble that could lead to a systemic a meltdown and growth collapse the rbi will have to resort to corrective monetary policy if macro prudential policy alternatives are likely to prove ineffective the transition to low inflation the period when a high inflation economy moves to low inflation is uh, never an easy one after years of high inflation the public's expectations of inflation have been slow to adjust downwards as a result they have been less willing to adjust their interest expect interest expectations downwards household financial savings are increasing rapidly as a fraction of overall household saving but not yet significantly as a fraction of uh, gdp some frictions in the interest rate setting market uh, do not also help even while policy rates are down 
the rates paid by the government on small savings are significantly higher than uh, bank deposits uh, bank deposit rates as are the effective rates on tax free bonds i'm glad the government has decided to link the rates on sm on small savings to government bond you know, to government bond rates but uh, these rates will continuously have to be examined to ensure they do not form a high floor below which banks cannot cut deposit rates all in all bank lending rates have moved down but not commensurate with policy rate cuts the wrong thing to do at such times is to change course as soon as economic policy becomes painful clever economists always suggest new unorthodox painless pathways this is not a problem specific to emerging markets but becomes especially acute since every emerging market thinks it is unique and the laws of economics operate differently here Flipping through a book of uh, cartoons by that great economist R.K. Lakshman, I found one that indicated the solution for every ill in 1970. Uh, sorry, in 1997, when the cartoon was published, as now is for the RBI to cut interest rates by a hundred basis points. Arguments change, but clever solutions do not. Decades of uh, studying macroeconomic policy tells me to be very, very, very wary of economists uh, who say you can have it all uh, if only you try something out of the box. Argentina, Brazil, and Venezuela tried unorthodox policies with uh, depressingly orthodox consequences. Rather than experiment with macro policy, which brings macro risks that uh, are unprotected poor can ill afford, better to be unorthodox on microeconomic policies such as those that define the business and banking environment. Not only do we have less chance of uh, doing damage if we go wrong, but innovative policy may open new paths around old bottlenecks. Specifically on its part, the RBI has been adopting more liberal attitudes towards bank licensing, towards financial inclusion and towards payment technologies and institutions in order to foster growth. Institution building. Let me return to institution building. We had gotten used to decades of moderate to high inflation with the industrialists and governments paying negative real interest rates and the burden of the hidden inflation tax falling on the middle class saver and the poor. What is happening today is truly revolutionary. We are abandoning the ways of the past that benefited the few at the expense of the many. As we move towards uh, embedding institutions that uh, result in sustained low inflation and positive real interest rates, this requires all constituencies to make adjustments. For example, if industrialists, uh, if industrialists want significantly lower rates, they have to support efforts to improve loan recovery so that banks and uh, bond markets feel comfortable with low credit spreads. The central and state governments have to continue on the uh, path of fiscal consolidation so that uh, they borrow less and the spend less on interest payments households will have to adjust to receiving lower nominal rates on deposits but must recognize that they are also receiving higher real rates which gives 
uh, their savings higher purchasing power they will find it worthwhile to save more to finance the enormous investment needs of the country adjustment is uh, difficult and painful in the short run we must not get diverted as we build the institutions necessary to secure a low inflation future especially because uh, we seem to be making headway the government has taken the momentous step of uh, both setting a cpi based inflation objective for the rbi as well as a framework for setting up an independent monetary policy committee in the days ahead a new governor as well as the members of the committee will be picked i'm sure they will internalize the frameworks and institutions that have been set up and should produce a low inflation future for india the rewards will be many our currency has been stable as investors have gained confidence in our monetary policy goals and this stability will on only improve as we meet our inflation goals foreign capital inflows will be more reliable and increase in the longer maturity buckets including rupee investments this will expand this will expand the pool of capital available for our banks and corporations the government will be able to borrow at low rates and will be able to extend the maturity of its debt the poor will not suffer disproportionately due to bouts of sharp inflation and the middle class will not see its savings eroded all this awaits us as we stay the course so thank you friends